Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Colorado Hunting Hub. This podcast is designed to talk about everything hunting in Colorado, whether you're a new hunter, old timer, or something else. Colorado Hunting Hub will have something for you. I'm your host, Clint Whitley, and let's get started. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colorado Hunting Hub. I've got episode three of a four episode series all on some hunt preparation. and kind of where my brain is for this time of year and, and getting ready. I feel like I'm doing a decent job at it and not letting things go. So I thought I'd share a couple of those things going on. First off, we got secondary draw closing here in the next uh, eight days or so. It's June 29th today. So you've got a little bit of time to figure that out. I finally made a decision on a deer tag and put in for a secondary draw tag percentage numbers for Harvest was in the 50s, so I, I feel like I, I'm going to say I'm an above average hunter with some success rates just because I'm, uh, I work hard at it. I'll, I'll uh, sit, be confident with that. I'll try to be. And uh, so I put in for that. I'm excited about that, and I think it'll work out. I, I feel good after doing a little bit of research, so I'm not going to play the reissue game, hopefully. Uh, I guess there's still a, a chance I don't draw that. Again, I want to reach out to the international listeners, uh, wherever you are. My my stats are showing up, some some guys out in a different country. So reach out to me, or anyone can reach out to me at clint.a.whitley at gmail.com. And love to hear from you international guys. Great hearing from some other folks, too, about uh, episode ideas uh, and what you want to hear about. So i uh, got one on... Some public trust lands that we need to cover, which I do have some questions about that since I hunt the Northwest and I want to know kind of what's getting opened up for this fall. I'm going to wait a little bit and allow some of those things to open for that one, but I'm, I'm interested to do some research on that as well as some bear hunting. We'll do an episode on that and, uh, we'll see if we can't get a, an officer on to, to give us some rules and regulations stuff to help out there. So what's coming up? We've got 3D shoots, and I got two of them that I'm really getting excited for. I need to be shooting more. I'm trying to get ready for some of those just and hunting season by doing a workout plan. But then my arms are a little fatigued, so I can't hold my bow as steady. So it's kind of a an annoyance. You got to plan out I, when I shoot my bow to when I do the workout. I can't do one then do the other, or you got to do the bow shooting first and then the workout. But then I got to watch the kid on top of that. So it's just weird scheduling. But anyway, that's my problem. 
So totally our total archery challenge is happening here. Sunlight uh, just outside of Glenwood Springs. So if you haven't registered for that, it, I don't know if there's time, if there's any knock times available yet, but pretty awesome event. It sounds like haven't been to one, but I'm pretty excited. And then uh, the alpha bow hunting challenge, getting ready for that one as well. If you don't have a clue what a 3d shoot is, or want to know, have some idea how to prepare for one, put an episode out there a couple couple episodes ago on 3d shoots so you can go check that out let me know if you're going to be at total archery challenge or alpha we'll connect and chat maybe a little harder at total archery challenge because we'll be all over but whatever uh love to hear from listeners and meet you in person that'd be cool my my knock time's nine o'clock saturday morning i believe so i'm excited for that other things I'm doing is trying to figure out a time to get out and put some trail cameras out. I officially told my wife shed hunting season is over for me and I am going to go get re- get some cameras out. So as soon as I get some time to do that, I uh, need about three quarters of a day to, to get out, get to my spots and get home. So I'm excited for that. I just need to get some time and I got to get some Lithium batteries. I tell you what, that's the way to go for your trail cameras is get some lithium batteries in there, help that battery life go. Uh, but here's another little trip trick. I should maybe add this later on in another episode, but uh, test your cameras. I don't ever go with high, high quality cameras cameras because I'd like to have a lot of them. So I'll buy the 80 to $100 camera and uh, eventually I'll have an SD card go bad for some reason. So that you don't want that sitting out there for three weeks. I'm going to test every single camera, make sure, and every single card, make sure they're taking pictures, make sure of my settings, because I don't want to be disappointed with zero uh, pictures. And uh, so there's a little tip and trick that I'm going to do for this year, because I'm going to put some time and energy and focus on each one of those cameras, and I want them to be able to work. A solution would be to buy better cameras, but well, send me some money. I'll buy some cameras before we move on. Uh, thanks to I hunt Colorado's Facebook page again for letting me post stuff on their, their site and be a part of their team. You have just a literally a day or less. If you're here listening to this to get registered for this month's Onyx hunt membership, uh, the vortex binos giveaway and the backpack that one is ending within 24 hours. You better get registered for that. By the time I get this posted, it'll probably be like two hours. So get this, get registered for that. Also wilderness athlete, get your 25% off with coupon code hunting hub. All right. Uh, just wanted to hear some other feedback too, uh, around, uh, some sustainability ideas. I don't have a product that I sell. So all of the costs that run this podcast come out of my pocket. So I'm, I'm taking, taking ideas. If, uh, I got some sweet t-shirt ideas, but being working in a school district, everybody and their brother sells t-shirts. So it's not always the best option, but if I had some sweet shirts that were attractive, would you buy them? Uh, so taking your thoughts on that, just helping with some sustainability. I don't want to take your, your moneymaker idea, but, uh, if, if it's just sitting in the back of your head, you're never going to use it. Let me know. I'll try and see if we can uh, implement that so we can keep this podcast rolling. For one, I'm trying to buy some antlers. So if you're in Colorado or somewhere near the Western Slope within four hours, maybe even more, uh, if you got a whole truckload and you want to sell some antlers, let me know. I'm using that money to sustain that this this uh, podcast as well. So uh, I'll buy deer elk whatever all by the pound so let me know and love to run wherever and pick up a truckload so let's get started working through this gear preparation like i said in the past two episodes gear is seriously not the most important preparation you have it's the probably the most fun and one of the statements i've been making around this series is You can overnight your gear in the mail, but you can't overnight your fitness and your preparedness for the hunt. So let's talk about the fun stuff. Anyone can sit at a computer and click buy now and get your stuff a few days later. seems like things are taking a little bit longer to ship and and the supply chain is a little behind. So you might want to keep that in mind as well. 
it's going to take longer for things to come in and do a bow shop. It's going to take longer for, uh, even Amazon prime is not really two day anymore as as in the current state. Uh, it took me, it took like seven, eight days probably to get, I needed some fetch fletching glue and that just took a little bit. So even those little things can hold you up just a little bit. So keep that in mind. But the funny thing is there's a lot of really cool stuff and it's fun to buy it. It's great, but you got to need it or really actually need it to, to want to pack that with you when weight is an issue. If weight's no issue, space is no issue, go for it. Any little gadget and little trinket of some sort to help you make you more comfortable. Great. Go for it. But here's my thought around, do you really all need this? Do you need everything on the list? Well, the outdoors is not necessarily an inviting space. Never really heard anyone say that. It's just my thoughts that it is, it is a place out there that you're going to experience some level of challenge at some point. It's meant to be difficult. It's meant to be uncomfortable. Some of your most favorite memories are going to be when you experience the most misery. I can go through list after story after story and list off all kinds of times when I was miserable and that made a great story. But I can tell you the times when I may be most successful wasn't necessarily one of those misery times. It was when I was prepared and ready and, and, uh, the vice versa. Also, do you really in this idea of, do you really need all this is that some of you are stronger than others and can endure more. Imagine the, uh, I love the like gold rush show and mountain men and all those, uh, imagine the, uh, old timey gold miners that went up and over. Oh, what was that pass? The pass in Alaska and they got up and over and they're in like leather shoes and heavy canvas gear and everything's made out of canvas leather or whatever. Heavy, heavy stuff, probably not well insulated. And they did that. I mean, and we can't go out in the woods without our Sitka gear. That's total BS. So just remember that, that there's always been someone doing this with fewer things. And they've shot bigger animals than than you. So you don't necessarily need all of it. So you also need to be customizing your gear list. There are so many gear lists out there meant for different hunts, different terrains, what have you. So my gear list that I'm sharing with you is, is for my hunt. I hunt in northwest Colorado. It is a high desert, so I don't experience that much cold weather. I'm probably hunting at anywhere between 6,000 and no more than 8,000 feet in elevation. Uh, it's pretty open. There's, there's uh, some def- definitely denser sides of the mountain, but it's it's not your high elevation, which would require different gear. And it's not um, the uh, it's not the prairie. So you got to keep kind of those things in mind and customizing it. And then you need to get to know your gear. That would be very, very important. So I bought a new camper. And whether that's a boat or whatever you buy, I bought a new camper a couple of years ago. The first thing we did was just stay close. We did a little trip and figured things out. We didn't plan our Yellowstone trip. Uh, same thing if you got a boat. You don't just plan on a, a north, northern Minnesota fishing trip right away a thousand miles away. You got to figure that thing out. You need to stay close and figure out how long that battery lasts, where the bilge pump is, how long you can go on so much gas, whatever. You have to figure those things out. And if you don't, you're going to end up far from a dealer and with some issues. Even though they're brand new, it can be a little bit of a pain in the butt. So you got to get to know your gear, customize it a little bit, figure it out. And you may be even able to cut down on 10 pounds of stuff just because you had just a bunch of junk. Who knows? So what I'm going to give you, this is is a list, but it's a list in categories that you need to address in whatever way possible. So I'll give you the categories and then what's in my category, my list of, of things. So that you can customize and, and mess with 
based on that that hunt. But I'll give you a couple of things to be thinking about. The other things most gear lifts gear lists don't really show is is some of the organization tips. Yes, I've brought along some ibuprofen and some of these other things, but I organized them way wrong and I never touched it. And that ibuprofen or the glucosamine or whatever it is totally would have helped me, but it was organized poorly. So I was carrying around not much weight, but all that adds up. I was carrying around these things that I never used and never would have. And what the heck did I need 20 ibuprofen for? So little things I've learned. And a lot of these items on this list are not worth it. And look at our ancestors. Look at the old timers. They didn't have an Onyx. They didn't have Onyx. They didn't have Exo Mountain Gear packs. They didn't have any of that. My grandpa didn't have any of that. Their stuff was heavy. And they figured it out. Just remember that there is always an alternative to what I'm sharing with you. And it's not a sales pitch because none of these companies give me any sort of money. They give me I maybe get a discount maybe, or I've gotten a little bit of wilderness athlete, but nobody's really given me anything. These are just things that I like. So no, I'm not coming from an advertising point of view because I'm not advertising necessarily for, for anyone. Uh, I just like these products. So there's lots of types of gear lists again out there. Each gear list is going to different differ based on your quarry. If you're bear hunting or elk hunting. So I'm going to focus mainly on that archery elk season. And if that's this is not your hunt you're thinking about, it's the same list. Just adjust those little couple of things. I have a pretty set system that I've been tweaking throughout uh, the years. And right now I'm kind of confident in it. I feel it's a good list. Every time I hear something new, I write it down. And then I kind of keep it in my other list of, eh, not for this hunt. And then I just kind of vet it and keep that going, especially food. If you get ideas for food, write it down because they always come to uh, pack in time and like, what do I pack for lunch? But I have that list from the season before and I can reference that and make a pretty good plan together. So start your list. That'd be a good thing. And I, I would get a little OCD period with your gear stuff. Make your lists organize your crap and take care of it. And that's something I, I try and do very, very hard is, is to organize it. I got six bins upstairs in my gear room that one is maps and scouting. It's just labeled scouting. The other one is shelter. It's my tent and all this other stuff. Another one is specifically for like backpack, like hunts. Uh, and then I got a bin for some other stuff. Another bin is knives and calls. I think many of us could fill three bins with knives and calls, but that one's just knives and calls and I use two of them. Uh, So organize your junk, get it together. So let's get going with this list. I have a Google Doc and it's got a bunch of tables in it. I'll share it in the show notes. I got to get it finished. So I'll get it in there. So this is my list. The first category, weapon gear. Second category, daily hunting gear. Third category, extra stuff and pack. Fourth category, closed system. Fifth category is emergency kit. Sixth one is kill kit. Next one is shelter and evening systems. Next one is your logistics list. Next one, food and water. And then I even got another list, a category for gear left at the truck. And then my food list is is separate. I know I said food, but I'll explain that. So my weapon gear here. I've got a chart here that says what the gear is. Is it necessary? How's it organized? Is there a cheaper option? And then is it hunt specific? Meaning, is it necessary for that hunt? Or uh, is it a like a cold weather thing I would only bust out in November? So I'm not going to read all of this to you, but I'll kind of go through the list and give a couple of highlighted pieces that I put out. And you can reference this list. I reference it every time. Even back to my shed hunting list, I have a different list for that. I reference that list. I keep going to my 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 show description and flipping through that before each shed hunting trip. So it's been kind of nice. So I shoot a Hoyt double XL. You don't need a Hoyt. You can go shoot something with a... off the shelf Cabela's 
brand bow. It doesn't matter. But you got to have your bow. You got to have your arrow with your your arrows in a quiver. Uh, and then one thing that's I've been messing around with, not necessary at all, but a bow slicker or we might get the owners of bow spider on or some sort of pack attachment would be kind of nice just to be able to strap that bow to your pack. Allen wrenches. I have been bad about that. And that kind of got me to bind my side stabilizer got loose and I hunted for a while with that loose and was able to kind of do a little backcountry fix and got it somewhat tightened up. So it worked, but if I would have just brought an Allen wrench along would have been fixed a release that is important. I don't know how many times people have forgotten releases. And then all of that, I have in a $20 Plano Walmart case that I got. And yes, you can buy releases at Walmart. You can buy a case there. You can buy Allen wrenches there. So all of that pretty low quality, but I, I am proud of my bow setup and I do want to spend maybe a touch more money in that same thing with a rifle. It's nice to have maybe a thousand dollar rifle. I don't have one. That's a, that's a piece of equipment I'd love to upgrade. Still shooting the same 30 odd six that I shot when I was 15. Uh, when I finally got my own rifle, uh, I've just upgraded some of the optics on it. Even then the optics on that are not, not the highest quality. So you got to figure out where to, uh, shade some, or shed some, some dollars. Next list is the daily hunting gear. And this is probably the biggest one. I didn't put in there as a category of pack system. I just put this in the daily hunt gear because my XO Mountain Gear 4800 with the holster attached from my sidearm is my part of my daily hunting gear. I don't care if it is a half day uh, hike or a four day, five day hunt. I am using that pack. It is not necessary whatsoever. I used a $10 hand-me-down for the longest time, so you can find something. And I used, it was a pack that was not even meant for hunting. It was a Gregory, like, backpacking pack. It just happened to be big enough that I could slide a quarter or two in and then strap one to the outside. So it worked. So, yes, we're giving one away, but it's not a necessary thing. Because $650 for a backpack it's a hard bill to swallow and something tough to convince your wife or your husband to, to go purchase. But I'll tell you what, it was really nice. <laughs> I liked it. Next to your binos, uh, some or optics period. I didn't put a spotting scope on here. I'm not much of a spotting scope guy because I don't really have a decent one, but I have 10 by 50 vortex razors. And I also have a pair of custom made Maven 11 by 45s that I really like between the two. They're pretty similar. I just like the fine or the focus better on the vortex. Uh, the Maven seem to be really touchy and I'm less quick when I pull up and I need to see something quick. I'm less quick to get that focused because when I'm walking around, it gets out of focus and all this stuff. So, uh, I wish I had a pair of 10 by 42s, like the ones I'm giving away. Those would be great. And honestly, for the hunt that I do in art with archery, I probably don't need those 10 by fifties. I don't really need anything more than some 10 by 42s, but this is what I have. A range finder. That is a necessity for me. God bless those who can field judge really well. I can do it if we're standing there for a sec, but that might be one of my downfalls with target panic is I always misjudge in that I got range finding target panic, I guess, whatever. I'm working on it. Then I also use the Vortex Guide Bino Harness. I love it. I love the pockets. I love that I can have my harness or my binos there. They're set comfortably and they can hang there. Uh, I got a front pocket for my Windicator. My side pocket holds my extra diaphragms. The Another side pocket has... If it's rifle hunting, I throw another couple rounds in there. And then the back pocket up to my chest and my often put my tag in there a tripod with the bino adapter it's new to me i haven't really dove into that world quite yet I, i've used it a little bit and i like it just 
am trying to use it more. Having a tripod with binos allows you to see a lot more. So I'm trying to be a better glasser. Next, your my phone with Onyx. That's there's a non-negotiable there. Uh, you have to have to have that. Um, I guess I didn't look say what kind of rangefinder. I have a Vortex rangefinder. Anything will do. I for my rangefinder, I had one that uh, my buddy found in like out in the prairie in the middle of South Dakota. I used that for the longest time. Uh, the tripod I bought off a, a used somewhere. It's a Vanguard, but I bought it for 40 bucks. It's a little heavy. And the adapter, I just ordered the $20 one from Vortex. My phone with the Onyx, though, again, on necessity. I don't know how people get away with that without it. Uh, I hear base maps is getting pretty competitive with Onyx, so I'd be curious to see what happens with them. Sounds like they have way better 3D portions. It's kind of a mix of Google Earth. So we'll see what happens with that. A little competition is not ever a bad thing. Uh, And then I either pack face paint or a face covering of some sort. I struggle with that one. The face paint, I always bring it and I never use it. I love the idea. I just never get painted up. So I, I throw on that face covering a little bit more even though it would be way better option to paint my face because I hunt in the heat. A Windicator, absolutely a necessity. It's like $3 at Walmart. Go buy one. You have to have it. I'd pull that out and check the wind every 10 minutes. A bugle tube and multiple diaphragm calls. That is a necessity. Now, I, I've i never paid for a bugle tube. I've won a couple. Uh, the Wayne Carlton one. And then I've got the Phelps one. Uh, the big Phelps one is big and heavy. The And it sounds good. But the Wayne Carlton one is very similar, but it weighs way less. So there, there's some things to think about. That's a must. I used to have a Primos Terminator, and I will never use that thing again with the little rubber thing. It just sounds like garbage. Learn to blow a diaphragm call. I know some people have a gag reflex and can't put that in their mouth. Well, you're probably placing it wrong and you need to get used to it. The sound and the quality of that is so much better. And yes, I think you can mess up a little bit more, but get used to it and practice it. My read call that I use, so I have some diaphragm calls uh, and I will cow call with them, but I like to, I heard something the other day. Bring as many cow calls as you can so you can sound like a herd. And I like that idea. And I'm going to bring bring maybe another cow call along. So I've got a read call. I just have the Primos Hyperlip. I think it sounds pretty good. Um, I, I really should should get something new on that. I, I, I like it, but I know there's some better ones out there. I think it would be kind of nice. I sometimes bring a Montana decoy along. The problem is... They can be cumbersome and they're only de- good idea to have if you're hunting with someone else. I struggle with using them on solo hunts. Uh, and then also uh, a little little annoyed with their customer service. Like every Montana decoy I have, there's something that happens with the legs. And I had a, the turkey one and the strings broke and I just, I, I use it for like half a turkey season this year. Emailed them, I haven't heard back. So I'm not going to necessarily endorse them, but it is a good backpacking option. If you want like a cow decoy, a lot of people always comment about their sidearms. I have two that I, I have that I'll pick from to bring. I have mostly been just using a little Smith and Wesson nine millimeter. I'm not really concerned about anything out there anymore. Uh, we don't have grizzlies, um, mountain lions. Yeah. It's just a comfort thing. I'm not worried about a mountain lion. I'm not worried about a bear. It's a total comfort thing. So having a little nine millimeter is really nice. I did purchase uh, one year. I got teacher of the year and got a little money. So I was like, I'm buying a gun. So I bought a 44 mag Smith and Wesson PD light. That thing weighs less than my 22. It is a pound and a half and kicks like a mule, (laughs) but I wouldn't mind shooting a bear with that someday. I thought that'd be kind of fun and maybe I'll carry that. This next year, 
because the next bear I shoot, I want to do it with either my handgun or my uh, my bow. The next thing on the list is a must-have: trekking poles. Uh, everybody I go with this next uh, for the rest of my life, I'm telling them get trekking poles. It is a must-have. Uh, I paid twenty dollars for some on Amazon, Cascade, something or other, cork handle. They're awesome. I beat them to death going through the sage and they're great for $20. And if they break in a year, I'll go buy another $20 pair. It's fine. I don't, I don't think they weigh that much. It's no big deal. Pack cover. Uh, I bring that occasionally. If I am doing a multi-day and I'm going to sleep outside in another place for my pack to stay dry, a little pack cover is not a bad idea. But it's again, it's one of those things that's filling up spots in your pack and just added weight. A glassing pad, and we're almost through our daily hunting gear. A glassing pad is something I've heard a lot about. And I Walmart had like their little, our crap didn't sell sale. <laughs> and uh, they had those little mossy oak pads for a buck. I bought two of them. Messed around with them a little bit for some glassing here and there. Really nice. However, I don't think I'm taking it on my backcountry hunt. It'd be nice if you had a little blow up one. Not a necessary item, but could be something if you're going to be glassing intensive hunt, that would be something I would probably want to bring along and just strap to the outside of your pack. A pocket knife. I don't know if I really need it, but I feel like it's just, how can I not have a pocket knife in my pocket? The next thing I always bring along, even on archery hunts, is a bear call. I like calling bears. It's one, it's something that's unreal to see. And uh, we'll do a bear episode in in a few, and we'll all cover some bear calling. So that's the the daily hunting gear. All of that is accessible. It is in a place that I can get to it either quickly uh, by just taking my pack off and grabbing it from an outside pocket. It's not deep within, it's there. Um, and that's why I like pockets, side pockets of a pack or pockets even in my bino harness. So those are all pretty non-hunt specific, except the bear call, um, and easy to get to. I'm not a bear spray guy. I'm not interested about carrying that. I've had some in the past, but not. It's I have no need for that whatsoever. Some other extra things that are just in the pack. That's why I label it extra stuff in pack. I didn't know what to label it. I sometimes bring extra SD cards and then a little portable SD card reader that I can plug into my phone. That has, that's when... I've had cameras out and they're, I, I want to check them while I'm there. I want to know what happened, um, what's been there. And my dad and I did that last year. We sat on a water hole, got the camera, looked at it, and there's a big six-point bull sitting in this water hole. So that gave us a little motivation to sit our butts down and just chill out for a while. Never saw them, but that's okay. Not a necessity. The next thing I've, heard about but haven't really messed with some special socks just for stocking in i haven't I haven't done that i would assume you grab some little heavier ones because uh you're gonna get something shoved to your foot at some point haven't messed around with that but i put it on my list to think about it a necessity is a toilet kit maybe a little wet wipes maybe a little teepee and enough said that's a requirement. All of this extra stuff I like to put in a dry bag somewhere. Always put your TP in a Ziploc bag. Always. That's a must, even if it's deep down in your bag. I did purchase this little phone scope knockoff. I'm not about to spend 80 to 120 bucks on a phone scope. So I bought a little knockoff. Seems to work, which is fine. Just needs a little adjustment. And haven't really used it much, but it's it's there. And I, I'm not sure if I'm going to bring that or not on some hunts. So not a necessity. And that would be something I'd want to keep somewhere near my tripod. 
another next thing I discovered was on our goat hunt, and that's the boost oxygen. Oh my gosh. If you're going to be above 8,000 feet, or if you're coming from an area, low elevation to high elevation, get some of the stuff like 16 bucks or something for a can at Walmart. And if you're out of shape or you're just, you got to get used to some elevation. This is awesome. It was nice. I just took it over my face, squirt a little puff of oxygen, and it just gives you that really quick pickup. I might carry that just for any of my hunting buddies that are not in the same shape I am just to get there, keep them moving. And it doesn't weigh anything. It's this can that doesn't weigh anything. And I put that in a side pocket that's easy access. And on a goat hunt, I pulled that out every 10 steps, puff, 10 steps, puff. And that helped a lot. The other thing in that extra stuff sack is paracord. And this extra stuff sacks doubles as my, it could be as my, my food bear bag. So I got some extra paracord for whatever reason. Uh, I don't bring it along too terrible much. The next category is the clothing system. I used to hunt in blue jeans. I used to hunt in whatever I could afford and clothing was on the bottom of my list. I kind of put clothing up there a little ways. It's one of those comfort things. It allows me to stay in the field longer. And if I'm more comfortable and I'm confident in staying dry and knowing my stuff will dry out or it'll uh, stretch and I, I've got the, it's, it's reducing my scent, all of that. And I've chosen first light gear. I know that's kind of the, the popular choice around now. And, and like I said, you don't need Sitka gear, first light gear, Kuyu gear, any of that to go out and kill anything. I've just found it as a nice little comfort thing. But the cool thing is you don't need a whole bunch. I don't need a wardrobe of it one pair of pants. And if you're looking at the obsidians, forget it. Don't buy them unless you got something on the outside of them. Uh, I ripped those. I'd rip those to shreds. Those are not worth it. Merino wool pants don't have durability, especially if you touch any sort of sage or anything. And actually I was walking down a trail. You could drive a truck down, stepping over, except for the log in the way, stepped over the log and must've just caught something ripped a big four inch hole in it. So not a fan of those. The guide light pants. Good. Like them. And the corrugated guide pant. I'm sold. Those are my, those are my go-to. But if you listen back to podcasts with Mark from XO, he had another pant that he suggests. Uh, another cheap option is buddy and I were looking at Wrangler made something and, and they were carrying them at Walmart for like nothing. 25 bucks or something like that, but something that's wicking. Don't wear jeans. Find something that, that you can stretch in, move in. It's lightweight. That's the top pair top or the bottom, bottom layer of my clothing system on my upper body. I like the first light wick and then the kiln over top. It is Merino wool and I'm sold. I have drank the Kool-Aid on the Merino wool. Sorry. Between the wick, the kiln, and then a puffy coat, I am set on most temperatures. And if it gets a little colder than that, I'll throw my rain jacket over top. The wick and the kiln I spent the money on, yeah, sure. I did that. Uh, And if you had to choose one area to spend that on, I would spend the the money on the area that covers up your chest and arms. I can... Cause that's where a lot of that, that temperature regulation is needing to happen. So I chose the wick and the kiln and I like it. The puffy coat. I didn't spend much money on it. It was on sale at Murdoch's for like 40 bucks. It was a Wrangler black puffy coat. It's not camo, which I wish it had a little bit of less shine to it, but it's fine. I'll upgrade another day. And then for rain gear, I have a pair of really small packable rain pants that I bought when I was 14 years old going on a backpacking trip. I still have them. I rarely wear them, but it's nice when I have them. The jacket I bought on sale at an Under Armour outlet, it's black. That would be the first area I would probably upgrade to something that's not black and something that that breaks up a little bit so I can hunt longer in it. I don't break it out very often, but it's nice to have. 
because you got to have something to block the rain. My other camo jackets are all way too heavy. So these really thin, really thin rain jackets are kind of nice. Next on the clothing system is gaiters. I am a gator guy. Got to have gaiters. I love them. Uh, just help to keep those your socks dry. The trick is when you're walking through stuff with morning dew is to, when you put on your boots, make sure your socks are not coming up above your boots because your pants get wet, your socks then get wet, and then it just soaks your entire foot. Uh, I'll even roll up my pants underneath the gaiters just a little bit so that there's less wicking of uh, from the pant to the sock if it, if it can. So there's a couple of tricks there, but gaiters are really nice, and I like them. And it keeps your pants from getting ripped to shreds. Hunting boots. That isn't one area that I would say is some a necessity to spend a little money. I've had $60 boots. I've had $300, $315 Danners that I bought uh, way back when that I loved, and I put a crap ton of miles in them. And then the... Uh, Boots I have now are Hanweg. Uh, I want them. I didn't pay for them. They're like 300 and some bucks. Really nice. Really like those. Uh, so if, if you're into Kenetrex or Schnees or whatever you're into, I would suggest getting a decent pair of boots uh, because that's what's going to allow you to keep going further and further. Something that's lightweight. I'm a non-insulated boot kind of guy. I, my feet don't have issues getting hot. I'll wear those even in November. So there's their hunting boots. Uh, I also drank the Kool-Aid on the Hex suit. It was a little spendy, $200. Not a necessity, but if it gave me any edge, I thought, what the heck, I'll try it. So I've been using that. That sometimes goes underneath. On the backcountry hunt, it's getting left at home. Sometimes need something a little bit more than some thin gloves. Uh, thin gloves are a must, got to have something, but sometimes you need maybe some little mechanics gloves of some sort. That's nice to have for your feet, two pairs of wool socks is all I need. And two pairs of liners. I, this is a requirement. I've been doing this since I was a little kid. When I'm hiking, I wear a polypropylene liner and then I wear a lightweight. I want to get a pair of some lightweight wool socks because I've been wearing mediums and it's just stupid for early season. So I'm going to get some lightweight wool socks and then keep on going with the polypropylene. You want those two layers worn together instead of uh, your boot and your foot wearing blisters in your foot. And then a pair of wicking boxer briefs. One pair. Don't need any more. You're not going to change them. It's just uh, it's maybe gross, but whatever. So... That's the clothes system. The next category is the emergency kit. And I have a little bag, a little zip up, little black camel bag that I have in there. Maybe a little bit of duct tape or gorilla tape for repairing, whatever. I've got some purification tablets in there, extra double A or triple A's, whatever I need. One thing, my, me and a coworker, when we're running a, a wilderness survival camping trip with some high schoolers, is we cover we require these things in an emergency kit. Three forms of starting a fire, three forms of signaling, and three forms of ignition. And some of those can be used for, for each one, but it's just kind of a nice little rule of threes to be able to make sure you can start a fire or signal when you need to. There's heavy ways to do this. There's light ways to do it. So here's a fire starter. You can use a little egg carton with wax and lint. Uh, pyro putty is the new thing. I got a little sample with a camel fire order and just this teeny little can. So that's perfect. Uh, and then you can throw maybe some lint or something in there for signal, a mirror, um, maybe even a, a fire emergency blanket. And then your other, your third one would be fire for ignition, more than one lighter, two lighters, maybe a mag strip. My issue with that is they're heavy, not crazy about that, but, but they do work well whenever we're doing 
fire starting competitions with kids, the things they choose is a make strip and they, they do really well with it. It works. If you know how to use it, fire, start a fire with a make strip, uh, pretty, pretty good thing. My compass is in there. My compass doesn't weigh much and I know how to use it. So that's in there and it's not a big deal. An emergency blanket, they don't weigh anything and they're 99 cents. So throw it in there. I'll occasionally even throw in a, I got a little rabbit snare. Uh, it's not legal to use in Colorado, but if I'm lost, broken leg, whatever, and they want to write me a ticket, okay. Uh, uh, but uh, that's for survival situation only. Then there's some different medications that you can bring along and a normal little first aid kit. Some Imodium AD, ibuprofen, uh, in that first aid, some gauze, Tylenol, alcohol swabs, Band-Aids, always athletic tape. My wife is an athletic trainer, so we have an endless supply of tape. That's just a handy thing to have. Um, Maybe some Benadryl. Benadryl is a good thing for somebody with some uh, an allergic reaction or... Uh, I've said glucosamine a dozen times in this podcast. That's always something I'm, I'm into taking or some Aleve. Uh, some, someone's going to have a heart attack. You're going to someone, maybe some aspirin would be good to have. And then some blister care. My wife's got this stuff called second skin. It's just a little jelly, whatever, better than moleskin. It's awesome. And then you put that on a hot spot, a little athletic tape, you're good to go. So there's your emergency kit. Must have. And you can get away without it, but it's not a good idea. You need to have some way of making sure that you're safe and that could save your life. Even though it's maybe a pound of some things, you should have it. Your kill kit. Maybe your tag's in here. Your driver's license needs to be in there. You're supposed to carry your driver's license, and I bet not many people do it. So I do. I throw it in there. A pen, something to sign your tag zip ties, way to attach it. And then for a knife, I throw my knife in there and I either carry the outdoor edge with the replaceable blades or the Havilon with extra blades. And been leaning towards that outdoor edge lately. It breaks less. Some flagging. I don't bring the whole row of flagging surveyor's tape. I pull off a bunch of it and throw it in. That keeps it a little lighter. A bag of pepper. Uh, I've used that a little bit. And when it's hot and I got flies like crazy, I'll sprinkle a bunch of pepper on all over and it kind of keeps the flies away from there if that's going to be an issue. So just a little tip and trick I heard somewhere and ever since I've had a bag of little thing of pepper actually can be a little heavy because you'd need a lot of it. I have a little rib saw that I use. That's a must. Game bags, an absolute must. And I use, I've used them all. The little cheesecloth ones are garbage. The big canvas ones are garbage because they're heavy. Uh, I'm, I'm sold on caribou bags. Those things are light and seem to keep the flies off. They can, the, the meat cools nicely in there. And then there's a whole bunch of other name, bigger name brands or whatever, more expensive ones. So don't go too cheap on those, those game bags. It's nice to have good ones. All right, the shelter and my evening system. Sorry for a long podcast, but it's a long gear list and you're, you got to be prepared. So for the shelter, uh, at night, this is my addition. I got some of these large sent away wipes or dead down wind wipes. They were a buck at the, uh, we couldn't sell it clearance sale at Walmart. And, uh, I will wipe down the stinky parts with that at the end of the day, just to help get rid of some of that really strong smell. I know if an elk's downwind, I'm screwed no matter what, but if there's a way to at least just wipe down at the end of the day, it might help. More than one hand headlamp. I seem to have headlamps fail on me, uh, so I carry more than one. I have a stuff sack for food or a dry bag that's going to get hoisted into a tree. And then my, I have a second stuff sack that is used for blowing up my air pad and that's a big Agnes product. And we're going to maybe have them on the podcast in a few episodes, but, uh, that doubles. I usually even used it as a pellet last year. 
a pillow is a new addition to my list. Uh, Climate is a company. I saw an ad on Facebook, get a free one. So I did. And I had paid, it wasn't free. It was 10 bucks, 10 bucks for shipping. So I got a little pillow. That's one of those comfort things. And I haven't tried it yet, but I'm really excited about it. I can't sleep very well without a pillow. Sleeping pad. That's some is a must. I got big Agnes that and I like it. Sleeping bag. I upgraded that. I went with down. Uh, we'll go through that with big Agnes and see if we can get some clarification on synthetic versus down. And I also have a lightweight tent. I'm wishing maybe I could have, should have bought the bivy. I don't know. Uh, but if I don't have either of those, the small emergency bivy is nice to have. They pack up. They're only like two inches long uh, in a little stuff sack. It'd be kind of nice to have. Because I have like a 15-degree bag, a sleeping bag liner is nice. I throw that in there. It gives me another five degrees. And then if I had an emergency bivy on the outside, probably get another five degrees. So there's a way to extend your temperature without bringing like a blanket of some sort. Any of those backpacking blankets would be all right. I've thrown in a tarp with paracord on each corner. I took an old rainfly of a of a tent, cut it up, made a triangle. So you could hunker under that if you're getting rained on. Um, or we used it just to ditch camp and throw gear under it, that sort of thing. So the next thing is a must is your portable phone charger. You got to have that because we're running on X all day. Having a good phone charger is good. And then if you do have face paint, uh, the old makeup remover wipes kind of nice for that. Keeps your stuff from getting all gross. The next category is my logistics list. There's, that means like my four wheeler, my truck. So here's the things I leave back in the truck or I, or I have. So a four wheeler is my main motivate mode of transportation. I can throw everything in my truck. My four wheeler goes in there. I suggest one of those little hitch carrier things and then you can throw a cooler and all that stuff. But with your four-wheeler, you need extra fuel. Some of my my, uh, trips in are 20 miles one way with a four-wheeler. I can't go back and forth with a load of meat if I had to very much. So bringing extra fuel, bungees, ratchet straps for tying down in quarters or antlers or whatever is a must. Also in your truck, you should have a toe strap. Crap happens. You should have some tools. Crap happens. Uh, you should have some sort of jack. If you can throw in a bottle jack bottle jack or a handyman or something, that's probably a good idea. Jumper cables. I've even got a buddy that swears you need to have a, a new serpentine belt and the tools to fix that just in case because that goes, you're screwed. Um, I always have in my vehicle or around my vehicle on the outside of my vehicle, there's three keys. I will never get locked out of my vehicle again. There's extra keys and there's an extra key for my four-wheeler where I, where I have that hidden. Goggles or sunglasses. If you're hunting in Western Colorado, the dust is unreal. So if you're following someone, bring some goggles. In your truck, you should also have a four-way lug wrench when you get a flat tire because sidewalls will break, pop, and blow. So I've seen, I've had that happen and you got to fix it. Uh, other things in your truck for in your, or in your four wheeler, I, I, in my four wheeler underneath my seat, I always keep a can of like flat repair or something like that. Uh, first aid kit and then another spark plug. I did run over last year, a spike that was planted there. One of those things where they throw out and it's meant to, for, uh, uh, putting holes in tires. Yeah. I'm not, not sure where exactly I picked it up on the trail, but it, I did. And I couldn't believe it. I just wish I would have pulled it out of the tire and kept it. I was so mad. I chucked it. So off into the woods, no one else is going to get it in their tire. So next category is food and water. Now here's where I made a mistake. In previous years, I put medication and all this stuff in my emergency kit. It's not an emergency thing. It's a daily use thing. So any medication, Tylenol PM or some sort of sleep aid should go in, divide it up 
and put it with your supper meals or whenever you need to take it. Put it in a little teeny Ziploc bag in your food because you're going to get it at your food. So you might as well save some time and be able to get to your medication at the same time. A little Ziploc for any waste is good. Uh, a plastic spoon. I have a cheap Walmart metal cup. Water purification and filtration are not the same thing. I've ex- I've kind of studied this extensively and found that if you can find something that's 0.1 microns, 0.01 microns, that's that's your better option. Uh, the $20 Sawyer is that. That is a really good filtration system uh, and works great. I am sold on the Katadin, Katadin, K-A-T-A-D-Y-N system, the bags. I'm sold on that. It is, it was an awesome, awesome system. I love it. UV freaks me out because you can't see anything happening and you're not filtering. You're just purifying. Tablets, you're purifying, not filtering. So you got stuff in there. MSR pump seems so, it seems like so much work. It is so much work to get very little water. So you may be filtering the stuff really well. I'm not a fan because it's heavy also. And then you can always use your jet boil. The other things with food and water is I have a water bladder. And then I also have either like a, I have one Nalgene or I have uh, like one little plastic thing that's a dirty water bottle so that you can scoop the water out of wherever you're getting it from. A jet boil, I am sold. There's cheaper options out there uh, that are quick boil systems. So you might want to check out those. A lighter that's accessible with your food and water. So get that there. Uh, you don't need it with the jet boil, but it's probably, it would be nice to have. And then some sort of coffee drip, coffee drip system. Uh, having coffee on the side of the mountains, a lifesaver, and I love it. If you have instant coffee, and that's my next step, is to remove this drip system little cup thing I have. So I'm going to go to instant coffee. And the last list, gear left at the truck. You need tools for whatever. Uh, area maps, an extra release, Ziplocs for random things. Uh, your cooler or coolers. One elk won't fit in one cooler unless it's a giant one. Extra flashlight. Man, I always throw like my heavier one in there. Uh, if I'm coming back to the truck for some reason in the middle of the hunt, it's maybe because we have something down. So I'm going to grab the big heavy flashlight and then I can find blood maybe a little easier with that. Extra water is a must. Extra food and maybe a little luxury snack is is a must. You can throw whatever you want in the cooler. Extra batteries. I like to throw in, and I this is a scary thing to do, but I throw in my orange vest and a hat because September bear season is going on at the same time. And I'll throw a rifle in there. That's the scary thing. There's been so many trailhead break-ins that that's kind of scary to do. So do that at your own risk. My bipod, I like to rifle hunt with a bipod. Also in the truck is my arrow case with extras, more jet boil fuel, uh, multiple coolers, I already said that, more teepee, uh, radios. Radios would be nice for recovery of an animal if you're done hunting and you're just packing out animals it'd be nice to have a some radios especially if you're gridding a system looking for for an animal uh chainsaw i don't ever bring one but it's probably not a bad idea depending on where you go and then you can even throw in a stove pan seasoning and a little oil to cook up whatever you just harvested the uh so that's all the categories i did here I do have a food list and I'll and I'll throw some of those out there but it is just for your own taste. You need to bulk up on a lot of cat- calories. Be in that 3000 calorie range. I've never measured that out. I'll see if we can do that this fall. Uh I just try and eat as and I have no problem eating cuz you're going to burn calories. So for breakfast, instant coffee or tea, maybe a bagel. The first day I'll have a bagel with cheese, egg and ham on it. Uh, I like Pop-Tarts. Trying to use some more tortillas instead of bread because tortillas don't squish like bread do. I heard about these untapped coffee waffles. Never had them. I'm 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 intrigued. 
And then a peanut butter bagel is always nice. Oatmeal if you got time. For lunch, maybe a dehydrated food of some sort. My crutch last year was noodles in a cup. There's something about that salty, sodium, high sodium cup of noodles that really was refreshing. Some jerky, fruit cups. Bumblebee tuna is my go-to. I love it. It's really good. And even if you get the little kit with a cookie, it's great. Uh, trail mix, thousand types of trail mix. Just get some multiple types for supper. Uh, I've heard about this, uh, peak refuel and I've never had it. I've heard it's the, the best. So sweet pork and rice. I hear that's good. Some sort of ramen noodles and you can do some different things with that to, to give you more calories. Mountain house lasagna here is good. Um, and then maybe even throw in a little bit of seasoning packet if you shoot grouse or game meat. And I hear these little packets of coconut oil can help you cook that. And lunch, and I already mentioned lunch, but lunch and snacks and throughout the day, it's just kind of mixed up. I have some wilderness athlete. This is a must. I, I really, I don't like going out without hydrate and recover and the energy and focus. Mix them together for a Superman and it's going to give you a little pick me up. Some fruit, problem is it's heavy and it's not as calorie dense. Cliff bars, nuts and cheese, shop blocks, uh, bar and fruit snacks, corn nuts, Snickers, Little Debbie's. Love love me some Little Debbie's. Uh, more trail mix. Power bars. This was my food when for wrestling tournaments. Loved me some power bars. Gum is nice to have. Well, dried fruit, almonds, walnuts are high in calories and protein. And then love me some peanut butter crackers, except they crush. So, all right. I know that was long, but a gear list is long. My pack, it sounds like I'm carrying everything with me, uh, but my pack is not that heavy. It's pretty light. I, I pack it down and I, and I remove a lot of stuff. There's not much in there because you got to leave room for, for an animal. So what I'm concluding is that... My must-haves are a good pair of boots, and I know this is out of the ordinary. It's not optics for me. For archery, elk hunting, it's not optics. Deer hunting, absolutely would be my optics. But my layering system, just when I'm more comfortable, I am out there longer hunting harder. So I know that's a weird, maybe against the grain kind of thing, but that's me. And then a weapon that I'm confident in. So those are my musts. Your must-pay-fors, that's up to you. You can do it with sticking a string and a loincloth for all I care. So uh, figure it out. Figure out what you need. And where I go to get my gear, oftentimes I like to go straight to the company. Uh, I will buy things at Walmart and Amazon. I know it's not shopping locally, but if I'm on a budget and it means I can go on the hunt or not, I'm sorry, I gotta, I got to go with a cheaper option. Get some of those comforts, some of those things that that are comforting. I forgot it's in my list here somewhere, but I don't, I know I didn't say it. Uh, And that's an inReach. That is a new thing for me this last year. And with having a little kid at home, I I just worry. I worry about everything going on and uh, there's no one close by necessarily for my wife to call. There are, but... uh, I just want to know that things are okay at home and being disconnected in that way is not okay with me. I'm okay with this being disconnected with social media and internet and I don't want work calling me, whatever. I'm okay with that, but I hate being out of touch with my wife and her not being able to reach me if there's something that happens. It's just because I, I just, worst case scenarios run through my head. So that inReach has really been able to, be a lifesaver in connecting and making sure everything's okay. And she knows I'm, I made it or she knows I shot something and I'm on my way out. Problem is mine's heavy. It's the big one. It's like the $550 one from the, the newest one. Thing I like about that is that it, it, uh, it syncs with my phone so I can just text from my phone. I don't even pull that thing out. Cause no, I don't need a GPS. I don't need the GPS and I, I need to do a little more research and maybe then the next in reach I get is one that's all I need to do is connect my phone and text. I don't need any of the other features. So 
something like that, a security system, if you need that, great. Uh, I strongly suggest it. I really, really have enjoyed having something. I don't care what brand it is, but some way to stay connected with somebody. And it's got that SOS button on the side if, if something happens. Remember, again, to test your system. Figure out your GPS. I had an uh, in-reach issue the other day, and it pissed me off. I couldn't, couldn't do anything. I had some on-X issues the other day. Make sure that you are prepared and you know how to use those ahead of time. And then don't be slowed down by a truck, camper, four-wheeler, a horse issue if you can. Sorry, horse guys, you didn't get much help from me in this episode. But uh, make sure you do your maintenance ahead of time. And make sure that is not something that slows you down because that, that would suck. Your four-wheeler has a flat tire you because he didn't put new tires on it or something. And that's what keeps you from, from hunting. That's a sad story. So there's our gear preparation. I know this was a long one and just me chatting for an hour. So I apologize for that. But it's a gear list and it requires some good preparation. One more episode of preparation after this. And we'll be on to the next thing. So I want to thank you all for again for listening. And if you have gear questions or want to know more about what I use, how I use it, reach out. And then also don't forget to click in the show notes and look at this gear list that I created and all the other information that's next to it. I've got, I went through a fifth of what I'm going to have on that gear list. So check it out. Thanks for listening. Right outside of this one church town, there's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing. Got a deed to the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God.